What's up, Chiefs Keaton? It's your boy Chris Dow. We got a returning guest coming on to the pod today. He's here to talk about the draft picks and get his thoughts on the NFL schedule, particularly the Chiefs. We're gonna get into it. Let's talk Chiefs. Yeah, Arrowhead Chiefs. It's your girl Miss Nicole. Queen okay. Hustle, baby. Uh huh. Started from the bottom, now we here. My homie at the start of his career. Let's go. Try to win him early, hear the truth. Uh huh. Tuning every Sunday for the juice. Arrowhead Chiefs podcast, bringing all the news. If you miss the play, come back for reviews. Chris out here rapping for the crew. Post game highlights, go subscribe on YouTube. If you miss the play, come back for reviews. Post game highlights, go subscribe on YouTube. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back. Arrowhead Chief Podcast, episode 127. We got a special guest on today, or returning guest. Uh, he's been on before. He uh, came on to talk about prior to the draft, and now we're bringing him back to talk about the draft picks that the Chiefs selected. Also, get a little bit into the NFL schedule, and particularly the Chiefs. Caleb James, Arrowhead Pride. What's going on, man? Yo, dude, thanks for having me back on the show, man. I appreciate it. So I'm hoping we can talk some ball tonight. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We're going to definitely get into it. Um, well, let's just get it started, man. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, the draft picks. Kansas City Chiefs, they pick, um, you know, first pick. They pick Felix and a DK, Ajuma. What are your thoughts on their first pick? So I'm I'm just gonna call him FAU for short until mm-hmm. I definitely get the pronunciation down. But yeah. uh so man, I like that pick. I feel like in that moment they were kind of you know, they couldn't get a tackle, and if they were to take a receiver there, they would have been reaching for both. Mm-hmm. But then you get like how deep this class was at edge, and you get a guy like FAU who has tremendous potential. You know, he showed out a lot at Kansas State, even though it really wasn't like that great of a defense for him to play in. Mm-hmm. But it was it was an easy pick, man. He's a hometown guy. You got kind of that storyline going on. So the dude grew up watching the Chiefs play, so I felt like that was kind of the easiest pick of the draft for them in a lot of regards. You know, that tackle or receiver they may have coveted wasn't there. just So they go defense and keep building their defensive line. And do you feel like he was a fit? With this defense, yeah, I do feel like he's a fit. He's a defensive end, four three guy is where I think he's a good fit at. He hasn't really, you know, he didn't really play this kind of defense in college where he's playing the four three. They played more of like a three three defense, like a three five stack kind of defense at Kansas State. But I think he translates a lot better to this. You know, he played a lot of interior defensive line reps at Kansas state now over here, he's going to be playing out on the edge. And I think, you know, he's six foot four, probably about 250 pounds. He's going to bring a little more explosion on off the edge than what they've had in the past. So that'll be nice. And really he's only 21. So he's got a lot to, you know, he can still develop quite a bit as an athlete over this course of time. Okay, cool. Yeah. I actually really like this pick too. Um, few mock drafts that I've done, you know, I picked him first. So I feel like it was a good value pick. Um, there was some, you know, people saying the Chiefs wanted to trade back, but they figured where they were going to get traded back to, they weren't able to get him. So why not just get the guy that they wanted on their board? So I love the pick. Probably one of my favorite picks, you know, as far as the draft goes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> now in the second round, the Chiefs went on ahead and did pretty much the same thing they did last year in the draft. Um, they got a receipt, <laughs> and they got uh, Rashi Rice from SMU. Um, he's a kind of a bigger body receiver. Um, kind of, he's got a little bit of a deep threat in him, but his catch radius is crazy. Um, what are your thoughts on this wide receiver that we picked in the second round? So I was pretty surprised when they picked him up. I did, just didn't really see him being a guy on the board that they would go after, but then you start to see you know, information that he was out in Texas working out with Mahomes also. And then you start to see kind of what he can do. It makes some sense, right? Because what's drawn everyone's attention to him 
is that he's like this contested catch, you know, stud. You know, there's video after video of them throwing him up the ball at SMU and him coming down with these athletic, acrobatic grabs. And, you know, maybe that's not really what he might be doing in Kansas City, but the thing that stood out for him to me, I thought that was impressive, was I really liked his yard-after-catch ability. I thought it was underrated. I thought in the offense they were playing in the SMU, it kind of limited what he could do to just being that, like, deep ball, jump ball kind of guy. But I feel like in the Chiefs' offense, the way it is now, they'd be able to use him under the middle. And really, he does a great job of breaking tackles. He does a great job. You know, he has a good vision. He knows how to take the ball. He does a good job of avoiding things. So I think that kind of yak ability will be underrated. But it is going to be nice to have a bigger body, more physical receiver who can go up and get it, you know, if there's a mismatch or something the Chiefs really like. Um, do you think that the it's going to be another one of those where the learning curve is going to be, you know, a little bit difficult for him in the first year. Most first-year receivers, rookie receivers in this Chiefs offense, you tend to don't get a lot of playing time unless you get really special, um, like a Tyreek Hill. And even when Tyreek Hill first came in, it was kind of like gadget plays, and they were still getting him acclimated to be a wide receiver. So do you think that he has a chance to get more plays, maybe even more than Scott Moore? You know, I, I think he'll probably start out in a similar boat as, you know, what Sky was. There's, you know, also there's a lot of mouths to feed in the Chiefs receiver room. I know mm-hmm. it's not like a lot of big names. They lost Juju, but there's a bunch of guys in that room who are going to be fighting just to prove themselves. He's among that group. I still think, you know, they'll probably give a shot to Sky. They'll give their shots to, you know, Tony. MBS is going to get his reps. But then it kind of starts to, you know, well, are we going to have to just give him reps just because there's not another guy? You know, is he going is, – is there just not another guy that can take the reps other than Rasheed Rice? That's where I see it as a little bit different is I mean, these other rookie receivers, they've come in and there's been, you know, somewhat of a proven commodity there. And I'm saying, you know, Sky last year, he did have to sit behind Juju. There was a lot of that kind of stuff going on also. This year there really isn't like that veteran presence, so to speak. You know, they're going to give Sky and KT the shot, but I wouldn't be surprised with Rice being able to step up and at some point, you know, as the season comes along, probably look to get have a bigger role in the offense than probably what he'll start out as. But I do still think it's going to be somewhat of a process. Okay. Do you think they'll try to use him in the similar way as Sky, like put him on punt return or kickoff return or something like that? I don't think they will. I, I I could maybe see them putting him on kickoff return. I'm not so I'm not so sure they'll use him in that kind of similar role. I'm really not sure if he even did a lot of that at SMU either. But I feel like last year they just kind of tried to force Sky into that role out of nowhere just to get him on the field, and that really wasn't his thing. But you know that's kind of what that's what camp is for. Is they're going to be able to figure all that out in camp. Right. They might have a couple of other options for those kick return, punt return guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then the third round they go with offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, Wanye Morris. Um, what are your thoughts on them drafting this guy in the third round? So. I wasn't necessarily as hot on them drafting him. There were other prospects I liked at offensive tackle a little bit more than Wanya. And I remember, you know, just because the Chiefs have been so awesome at picking offensive linemen, a lot of people I saw the night they drafted him, they're like, there's your starting right tackle. And I didn't really have that as my analysis. I had him as like a player who I would have drafted in the fourth or early fifth round, like a 150, 160 type pick, and he went – you know, late nineties to the chiefs there. So I kind of had like a swing tackle backup grade on him. And that's not to say he can't develop, you know, he's got a lot of physical tools from being a younger guy. I think there's a tremendous amount of upside that he's played with the same offensive line coaches that Creed and Trey played with when they were in college, but you know, and then, but they go out and sign Donovan Smith a few days later. So I think that kind of, you know, told us a little bit that he's going to be a guy that, He's maybe not be here. He's not here to play tomorrow, but he's here to play in the future. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But he'll he's a guy I'm looking forward to seeing in camp just to see kind of if he's made any improvements from college or not. Yeah, with the addition of Donovan Smith and then Andy Reid kind of coming in and telling us like Donovan Smith's on the left side, <laughs> Jawan Taylor's on the right, and it's like okay, so you know because we're going in the going in thinking of Jawan Taylor, they 
side, gave him all that money to be on the left side. No, Andy Reid's like, nope, he's going to be on the right side, and Donovan Smith's going to be on the left. So, yeah, it looks like because everybody's thinking like, okay, him and Lucas Niang, Wanya Morris and Lucas Niang, we're going to have a camp battle, you know, for that right side. So now it looks like <laughs> it looks like these both of those guys are just going to be uh, battling for a swing tap. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. So in the fourth round, uh, Beach does what he always does. He gets one of these DBs in like the fourth, fifth round, these jack-of-all-trade type DBs, Shamari Connor from Virginia Tech. What is your thoughts on this guy? So he is incredibly versatile. He played a lot all over the field. He played a lot of safety and a lot of slot corner is where he was mostly at, at Virginia or Virginia Tech. And also they bring up something, though, that I thought was interesting about him also because the Chiefs do have a pretty stacked defensive back room right now, mm-hmm. even though, you know, Sneed does have one year left. That's a pretty loaded room, especially at safety where they got, you know, they've got Cook, they've got – Justin Reed also in there. They've got a couple of other veteran options. Mike Edwards, they bring Deion Bush back. There's a lot of bodies. But what they said about him a lot was four-phase special teams guy. And I can see that being kind of where Shamari Connor kind of makes his money early on while he's trying to fight to see the field on defense is as that special teamer. Because I do think the best part of his game from what I've seen, he is a big-time hitter. Now, he is a thumper in space Mm -hmm. and – that kind of downhill ability that he has, I think that translates really well to like, you know, special teams in general. But the fact that he can play safety and he can play that slot corner, that's something Spags has always coveted. And the fact that he is a very good athlete makes you optimistic that while he may just be a special teams contributor this year where we have a lot of bodies, you know, maybe they're going to give him a chance to compete for a starting job in later years. But I'll be interested to see what they do with him. They mentioned they do want to blitz him a lot. I like that because I think that he could be really good as like a box safety in some run blitz sets or even just coming from, you know, coming in some with some pass rush. Do you possibly see him like, okay, you know, they usually use Snead in that blitzing role, but now they may use this guy as the blitzer and have LeJerry Snead more so follow like a number one wide receiver now. Cause they tried to, they did a little bit in the back half of the season where they had LeJerry Snead actually follow a number one receiver. And sometimes they would have Trent do that too. So do you possibly could see him getting reps as the blitzer and then let the other two corners follow receivers? Yeah, I, I can see that because. Once you blitz enough as a defensive back in the NFL, teams are going to start to look for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get to the point where Sneed, he can't, you know, Sneed laid out Tom Brady in like what, week three or four, whenever mm-hmm. they played Tampa Bay. That was the last time he's getting a free run at a quarterback the rest of his career. Because if you can get something like that on Tom Brady, who is, you know, the pre snap king of being able to dissect that kind of stuff you're going to have an incredibly hard time the rest of your career just coming free off the edge. So I think they realize that maybe he'll lose that kind of value. And to be honest, they need him more to be more of a corner anyway. That may be what he wants to do more of this season because that can get him a bigger payday. But I do think that, you know, they have these other options. Like you mentioned, McDuffie, they blitzed him. They showed they liked to, but just having a versatile secondary, the guys that can, get after the quarterback wrap up and you know that's something Spags has always valued so you can totally see him coming in and just flying in off the edge a few times a game you know just to you know get a run at a quarterback and speaking of Snead um you know there's been you know mostly the the talk has been getting Chris Jones paid but LeJerry Snead is another person that you know possibly could be looking for a payday with the Chiefs too could you see this as a more so of a you know, a safety move just in case LeJarrius Sneed doesn't like the deal that the that is offered by Brett Beach and his school and his team. Could this guy be like, okay, we could use this guy to be the replacement in 2024? No, yeah, you can definitely see that. And while you can see, you know, Sneed is probably a little more natural in coverage ability, mm. they still both have that similar, you know, just kind of you know, they play tough around the line of scrimmage. They have that kind of similar mentality. And really, Connor just has to work out a lot of technique to where he could develop into being that good coverage guy. I don't necessarily know if he'd be like an exact carbon copy replacement, 
But really, you know, it's not about like finding a guy that's going to do the exact same thing. It's about finding a guy who can play the role, and then you got to pull the strengths out of their role. Mm-hmm. So for him, it'd probably be playing more down around the line of scrimmage, maybe even playing a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe a little more high safety where he can kind of roam, where Sneed, you know, maybe advances a little more in the slot in that regard. So not the same player by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think they have bring like a similar mentality to the position that they play where Spags can be like, well, we'll find something that he can do and then we'll find someone else to play the slot. Okay. Okay. Well, in the fifth round, they went a little bit, you know, off the rails, you know, cause you, you know, Spags likes his type of defensive ends. He likes the big guys, long arms, strong guys, not so much guys who have a lot of bend to them. Well, this round, they went with a guy who's extra bendy, extra super athlete, B.J. Thompson. What is your thoughts on this guy? Well, he he doesn't really fit like a ton of those traditional like check marks you think of with Spags looks for defensive end. And we kind of been talking to AP about them maybe making a move like this just to experiment with it. But I think the reason why they took Thompson maybe over some other players in that category is because he is he is six six and he does have really long arms. Mm-hmm. So it's like worst case scenario if it doesn't work out for him being like that athletic bendy edge rusher, you're still going to have a guy that can maybe put on some size and turn into a Tano passing yo type. You mm-hmm. know, just be like you know, just keep getting stronger and just develop into a real, like, decent backup defensive end for you mm-hmm. if the whole thing doesn't pan out. And really, they I think they, they've been trying to do something like that with Josh Kando, but it just – I feel like they fear kind of at the point where him where it's like they have to move on, that he needs mm-hmm. to move on to, some, to another team to do whatever. And I think they're just going to give, you know, that developmental shot to Thompson over him. Um, do you think that um... – do you think this kid has potential to be a uh, develop into a pass rusher? I, I think he does because, like, when you're talking about developmental guys, you get the guys like Kando who are just like really good athletes, but you never really see the things on film that you need to see. With Thompson, you know he's a good athlete; you can see that, and then on film, he'll show up, and you can see some of the bend, you can see the explosion off the edge, the long arms. He has pass rush moves that he used. He has dip moves. He has the ability to get around guys. You know, he's got a pretty decent, you know, collection of film from his time at Stephen F. Tom or Stephen F. Austin University mm-hmm. to where he does do those things. And another thing he does that I think is underrated, he is athletic enough to be a special teams, a special teams contributor, which I think will be important for him to find the field. Because the Chiefs don't necessarily have the roster spot just for a guy that's a pure develop, developmental guy. Like Kando, he didn't dress a lot because of that because he also couldn't play special teams. B.J. Thompson has blocked a couple of punts here and there. He has like that ability. The six six, why not put him out there on the field goal block team also just see what you can do. Okay. <clears throat> um, with the six pick, now a lot of people said that this was – a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people say this was their favorite pick. Um, with Kevin Colburn from Texas, defensive tackle. Uh, he's an athlete for his size, big guy. What are your thoughts on them drafting this guy in the sixth round? I thought this was a very deep defensive tackle class, specifically along the interior. You had guys from the top of the class like Jalen Carter all the way down to the Chiefs guy, Keandre Coburn. But really, I was thinking – what kind of me and some of the other guys at AP, we were thinking, you know, you got to go after like the big nose tackle this class. And there were some of them that went earlier. Kiana Benton went in the second round. Then you get Siaki Ika, Broderick Martin go in the third round. And at that point, I was getting nervous. So I was like, man, Coburn's going to go off the board. Mm-hmm. Well, he sits for three more rounds. The Chiefs go and pick him up. And now I think they got a guy that's going to potentially come in and play a significant amount of reps at the one technique and nose tackle by the time we get to the end of the season. And, you know, he may never be like the most productive guy in the world when it comes to stats and stuff, but Mm -hmm. he's going to be a consistent run stuffer. And I think that's kind of what they've been needing along the interior, especially as, you know, Derek Naughty has kind of declined his play a little bit here and there. You know, if he can share some reps with Coburn, I think that'll probably help both of them stay fresh, but also keep the Chiefs, you know, ready to go up front. Do you think he has more potential than a Derek Nottie? 
It's hard to say because Derek Nottie was a third round draft pick. And let's be honest, Derek Nottie has played an incredible amount of snaps. Yeah. He's not had like a consistent backup mm-hmm. at that one tech because, you know, Son- Colin Saunders got hurt and there wasn't really anyone there the year before that. And then, you know, he's just kind of had to go in there and be that one tech. So they, uh, it's hard to say because, you know, Coburn is was a later round draft pick, but I think they're going to be used in a very similar way. Like Coburn's role is going to be exactly the same. So I'd honestly say it's probably about the same, you know, what Naughty is versus what Coburn could become. Okay. And then in the sixth round, uh, Beach doubles down on DB and he gets Nick Jones out of Ball State, kind of a ball hawk type of guy. Um, I know he got injured this past season, but they saw they saw the potential in him as I guess as a ball hawker and possibly a special teams guy. What is your thoughts on this guy? Yeah, I mean, last year Jalen Watson, the scouting report on him was he is kind of a ball hawk cornerback. He'll just jump him. You know, he may just jump a pass every now and again. Well, we've seen how that helped the Chiefs, and they go mm-hmm. after another guy. And Jones is from the MAC, and the Chiefs have honestly had a lot of success drafting and acquiring talent out of that conference over the last couple of years. But man, I, I you know, with these seventh round guys, it's like you shouldn't be expecting a lot out of them with the way Veach has been able to handle finding those late round guys. It's like, well, I wouldn't be surprised if you know there's an injury here or there, maybe someone struggles, and all of a sudden this guy's lining up playing 60 snaps in a divisional right. round game versus the Chargers <laughs> or something. So right. You never know, man. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised when you hear Nick Jones' name out there <laughs> picking off Justin Herbert like uh, Jalen Watson did. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. So, at a whole, as a whole – uh, what would you say? What, would, what kind of grade would you give this? I know it's kind of early because we don't know until they get on the field and produce. And a couple of years from now, we could give them a real grade. But as a whole, right now, how do you feel about this draft? I gave it a B minus. I really like the FAU pick. I liked Coburn late. I, I I'm not necessarily. I I just thought in some instances I thought maybe they overdrafted those middle three guys. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, like you mentioned, the Thompson pick was kind of out there because you figured maybe that's a guy you could get as a UDFA, mm-hmm. but they did stick to their gut. They clearly went with the guys that they invested their time in scouting. And, you know, at least with Wanya Morris and Rasheed Rice, you know, you can maybe think they overdrafted them, but at least they're drafting positions that are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. You're, it's really hard finding those elite guys so you can't fault him because honestly, finding starting tackles out of the first round is difficult. And you know, second round receiver, you've got the potential to turn into you know, uh, you know, you can turn into a complete flop, or you got the next. You know, I'll give an example like Christian Watson looks like he's going to explode onto the scene in Green mm-hmm. Bay here pretty soon. You kind of got that kind of deal in that round. So you know. It's it's all it's all a big gamble draft. You never know how this kind of thing's going to turn out. But so right. yeah, B minus. Yeah, most definitely because you never know. I mean, like the seventh round pick might be, be might turn out and play better than the the first round pick. You know, so yeah, you check it. You're right. So you you just never know in these drafts. All of it is a gamble. All of it is a crapshoot. But some guys are a little bit more sure than others. Like. I'm pretty for sure next year Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a short. <laughs> Caleb Williams. I, I, yeah, I, I would. I would be very surprised if those guys don't hit. So yeah, we'll, but we, we got to wait and see. All right, Caleb. Um, so the NFL schedule came out, and uh, the Chiefs schedule came out. Now some people were up on it, some people were down on it. You know, some people didn't like some of the placements of some of the games and who we're playing where and 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 and, and what week we're playing them in. Before we get, you know, dive into the schedule, what were your overall thoughts when you saw the schedule? I mean, it looked like the defending champions schedule. Like you it's what you'd expect. They have all these everyone's acting surprised. They got so many primetime games, so many like odd games times, you know, like they're like, why we only have two noon games? You got the MVP of the league, the best quarterback in the league. You got the best tight end, the best defensive tackle, and you're the reigning Super Bowl champions. It's like people want to watch these guys play in primetime, not just like the local market. 
Like they're going to draw eyes no matter what they want, and the NFL is going to make a bunch of money off of them. So honestly, I I expected all the primetime games. I expected all that. So the Chiefs got what six primetime games this year, um, and there was I saw a stat yesterday that they are the team that's going to have the least rest out of mo- all the teams that they play this year. Like there's going to be that's going to be the most in history that they're going to have the least rest <laughs> going against whatever opponent. They go against now. Some people, you know, some Chiefs kingdom, they think it's a conspiracy against Chiefs uh, that they want to take us down. The NFL is tired of us and they want to take us down. So you're going to get some chief uh, conspiracy theorists out there that think that this is a plot <laughs> to take out the Chiefs. What are your thoughts on, you know, all of those uh, things? I don't think it's a plot to take out the <laughs> Chiefs. I think it's a plot to continue to blow them up is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. in the world because they're making the NFL is making so much money off the chiefs. It'd be a bad investment to get rid of them right now. Right. Cause you got like, like you got like this guy, Patrick Mahomes right here. He's like athlete, athlete famous. And you got mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's turning into a famous person. Famous yeah, person. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's getting ready. celebrity. Yeah. He's like doing like what Michael Strahan did. He's like mm-hmm. going to transcend athlete famous. He's just going to be famous, mm-hmm. famous before too long. They yeah. have, yeah. So I, I don't think it's a conspiracy, and I'm honestly glad about it. This is the kind of thing I always wanted to see. Like, right, I right. Grew up getting mad that you know <laughs> you'd have to like choose whether you're what time you have to go to church at like or so mm-hmm. early in the morning. So you're yeah. gonna have to try to get back for the noon kickoff. I'm like, right. you can wake up and enjoy your day a little bit, and then kick on the game that night before you're right. you're just hanging out. Yeah, because I think they only have two uh, noon games. And then the rest of them are three twenty-five or primetime night games. So the one, one of those noon games could be a conspiracy though, because it's week two in Jacksonville. It's gonna oh be yeah, hot. it's gonna be hot yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah, we we will get into that in a little bit. <laughs> I was gonna talk about that game right there because yeah. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and look over the schedule. I'm gonna go ahead and pull it up. Uh, let me scroll down. So everybody was speculating, you know. When who was gonna be opening night? Uh, who we're we gonna play? We're we gonna play the Cincinnati Bengals, or we're we gonna play uh, Buffalo Bills, maybe, maybe even the Miami Dolphins with the return of Tyreek Hill, even the Super Bowl rematch, you know, the Eagles. Then you look up Detroit Lions. Now, no, this is no, you know, knock on the Detroit Lions. I think they're an ascending team. Um, they made a lot of strides last year, especially on offense. They made a lot of strides. And in the back end, their defense actually was playing a little bit better. Um, I actually got them winning, the, especially with the, the departure of Aaron Rodgers leaving that division. I wouldn't be surprised if the Detroit Lions win that division this year. Um, but what are your thoughts on banner night? They're dropping the banners. Open night. We're playing against Jeff Jared Goff and the uh, Detroit Lions. You know, uh, obviously, they're going to be real excited about that. I think the thing to watch out for that, though, is the Lions do play with a chip on their shoulder. You know, mm-hmm. love them or hate them, Dan Campbell gets his guys motivated, and they really do feel like they're that next team on the block that is coming up. You know, they're going to have a lot of their fans. I bet you they probably have more fans in attendance than we think they will, regardless of it being banner night. Mm-hmm. And I would honestly watch out for them. They have a lot of offensive weapons. They have a really good offensive line. Honestly, sometimes, the, you know, we know sometimes early on in the season, the Chiefs defense can be a little interesting. I would mm-hmm. I would not sleep on the lines because it could kind of come in and turn into a point fest. But, I mean, I'm confident the Chiefs will be able to pull it out just at some point just because Detroit's defense isn't really proven yet. Yeah, and in season openers, uh, there's a stat. Andy Reid, since coming to Kansas City, he's nine and one in season openers. Patrick Mahomes is five and zero since he became the starter. Um, I think he has like 19 touchdowns and zero interceptions in week one, which is a crazy stat. Um, so I, you know, you give Andy Reid a whole off season to prepare for somebody. He usually comes out, you know, he usually doesn't hold you know, his playbook close to the vest, he kind of releases it a little bit, not so much, but a lot more than what he's going to do in week two, which we're going to get into. Uh, but week one, I expect fireworks and Andy Reid kind of unleashed a little bit on the Detroit line, especially since it's the first game of the season, first game in Arrowhead, banner night. I just, I, I expect 
it should be uh fireworks. I do think that the uh Detroit Lions are gonna score a little bit, but I expect the Chiefs to walk away with the win in this one. Oh yeah. Now, like you brought up, week two, <laughs> we gotta go to Jacksonville in this hot sauna of uh, in in early September, it's probably going to be a hundred and some degrees with <laughs> <laughs> crazy humidity. Uh, the guys are going to have oxygen tanks on the sideline and everything. So um, this game right here kind of, I ain't going to say it scares me, but it's, it got me kind of looking like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville and, and Jacksonville is an ascending team. A lot of team people are looking at Jacksonville that they're going to take this big step, especially with the addition of Calvin Ridley. Uh, they did some things in the offseason. Trevor Lawrence, he looks like he's going to take that big step to the next level. He's in the second year of Dougie P's uh, offense. Um, how are you feeling about this week two matchup? You know, after that playoff game, you know, those guys that are coming back from Jacksonville are going to want to have their revenge. Jawan Taylor is going to be making his first matchup versus his old team too. There's that storyline. I don't, I don't know if Arden Key re-signed with the Jags or not, but that could be, that might be something interesting since he's the guy that brought down Mahomes, the ankle and all that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Chiefs are still the better team even after the draft. And I, honestly, if it wasn't for, you know, Mahomes hurting his ankle in the playoff game, that thing was getting ready to get ugly quick. Yeah, it was, it, it was, was getting ready to get bad, but I think they'll come in. That's my big thing with this game, though, is just like this is the game where like if guys are going to cramp up and start getting like heat sick a little bit, it's going to be this week because that you know that humidity in Florida, it's not it's different down there. Yeah, it you is. know I'm sure Taylor will be telling all the big boys before the game they need to be hydrated and ready to go. But that's going to be a battle of the elements. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of water and Gatorade pumping through them <laughs> boys. So, and a lot, yeah, a lot of oxygen, a lot of oxygen going. It's going to probably, it might look like the Buffalo Bills and Miami game of last year, where those guys, Josh Allen looked like he's about to die, nigga. He's like passed, he's passed out through that last pass. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be something to look forward to. Um, now week three, we got Chicago. Uh, they're a young team. Uh, I expect the Chiefs to handle business, especially at home. Uh, Justin Fields' first game in Arrowhead. Um, you know, rookies tend to don't do too good in Arrowhead when they come through here. So I expect, you know, Spags to put throw something at him that he's never seen and, you know, confuse him a little bit. I don't really expect the Chicago – unless it's just one of those games where uh, they sleepwalk because <laughs> I can very well see that. This is the Chicago Bears could be the Colts of this season, and they just come in with their C game plan and think that's going to get it done. They sleepwalk through it. I just I, I feel like they should handle their business against the Chicago Bears. They should, and they should. It could, I don't know. It, it doesn't quite feel like a trap game, trap game. I do think the Bears had a good draft. They got Rashawn Johnson in the middle rounds running back from Texas and they got a new tackle in uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, a guy who I think is going to be pretty good, who kind of fits that run game, option game they want to have. But that'll be a fun game just because, you know, they decided to keep it in the Midwest. There'll be a lot of people from Chicago in town that game. So it'll be be a good time. Yeah, it should be a good time. And, yeah, the fans are well-traveled. So I expected, you know, some Chicago Bear fans in, in, on the scene. And, you know, it'd be a good look for Justin Fields to get his name out there you know, definitely to, you know, showcase his skills and, and show the people that he has make a step forward. So that'll be something to look forward to. Um, so week four, now hopefully we get this matchup finally because every time Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are on the bill, one of them is either out hurt <laughs> or out with COVID. And we don't get the matchup that we want. But week four, we go to we travel to New York to face Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Uh, a lot of expectations for the Jets. Um, this will be a hyped up matchup because it's Sunday night football. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, first things first, everyone's going to hype up the Mahomes versus Rodgers. I will point out the Jets defense is very good. Mm-hmm. They are ascending quickly. Quinn and Williams – is among one. He is going to be right up there with Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's going to get paid too here big. 
So that's going to be a really important matchup. Sauce Gardner in that secondary. This might be one of the toughest defenses the Chiefs sees all season. Maybe they see twice. So really, this game, you know, you know, you have these two quarterbacks. Um, I feel like maybe at this point, Rodgers may still be trying to get into sync a little bit with his guys. Mm-hmm. But just the big matchup for me in this one is going to be, you know, seeing if the Chiefs can give, you know, Mahomes time. And, you know, this is going to be the game where one of those new receivers is probably going to have to step up and make an impact against a pretty salty Jets defense. Yeah, uh, this this definitely will, you know, see if Sky Moore has taken a step forward. Hopefully Kadarius Toney is healthy in this game and he's not on the sideline uh, with a hamstring injury. Um, and hopefully, yeah, these receivers and Travis Kelsey is still playing at a high level. Um, I'm expecting fireworks for this game. Um, okay, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this could be a back-and-forth game or it could be one of them low-scoring games where, you know, the deep, both defenses are giving each other problems. And uh, hopefully Isaiah Pacheco, you know, can run the football. Hopefully Andy Reid will run the football in this game a little bit more and use Isaiah Pacheco and, and McKinnon and even uh, whatever other running back we have by this time. So, yeah, I'm looking for fireworks in this game, definitely. Uh, next game, week five, Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 325 game. Now, we all know the knock on Kirk Cousins. When it's prime time, Kirk Cousins disappears. He, he you know, he goes into a shell and he doesn't play too well. Um, this could be an interesting game, um, especially with, you know, Justin Jefferson coming in town. They added Jordan Addison, so you know by that time he, you know, he should be up and running. Um, I'm not too sure about this Vikings defense. Um, we'll see if they've uh, improved. If not, then uh, Patrick Mahomes and in his in offense should have a field day. But uh, this should be a good test for these corners against these receivers. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great test for the Chiefs defensive backs. This is going to be a – this is a really complete pass-catching unit all the way from uh, Justin Jefferson to TJ Hawkinson. It's going to be a real challenge for all of them. Um, if they're able to get some pressure on Kirk, I think they'll be okay. And to be honest with you, up in Minnesota, I do think – I expect a heavy Chiefs presence up there. It's only a nine-hour drive from Kansas City, mm-hmm. but – you know, the Chiefs offense in this game right now, you'd assume on paper they should be able to do just about whatever they want against the – and Minnesota just traded their best pass rusher too. So, mm-hmm. they trade, you know, the Chiefs – Yeah, they should be able to kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. My, always my rule when you face the Chiefs, if you don't have a pass rush, you, you're going to have a hard time beating them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, now these – I'm gonna match these next three games in together because the the whoever made this schedule uh, thought they were slick. <laughs> um, it's a three game division, uh, three games of division games. You got Denver, and you got the Chargers, and then you got Denver again. Now, well, I will say if we're gonna get this type of gauntlet of, of uh, division teams. I don't. I'd rather have two home games and one road game. I'd rather take it like that. But still, this is going to be a pretty tough uh, run through this middle of the schedule. How do you feel about this part of the schedule? Yeah, it's weird. They're going Denver Chargers, Denver. I usually feel like you know you want to get a few divisional matchups early, and then you Mm. want to have them late just because that's where the tiebreakers and all that stuff comes from. So maybe the schedule makers just didn't have a ton of respect for the Broncos. Yeah. But it is going to be, you know, it'll be a tough turnaround time. And, you know, they're, you know, especially when if the Chiefs come in and hammer them the first game and then they get into a big dogfight with the Chargers, then it's going to be like, well, crap. And they got to come back out a week later and the Broncos will have a lot of film on them from the last two Mm -hmm. weeks that they might be able to use. So maybe you could see them slipping up in there somewhere. I don't think if there was going to be a slip up, it'd be that second game against the Broncos. I think that week eight matchup. And Mm -hmm. at some point they are going to lose to the Broncos. Now I still don't think they're going to be very good, even though they got Sean Payton. Now I just don't think their roster is going to be, I just don't think their roster is that great. They don't have any draft picks. Mm -hmm. You know, their offensive line still is relatively poor compared to Mm -hmm. what it's been, but 
if there was a crazy situation that like Sean Payton had to stake his claim that I'm going to be the coach for a long time, he's probably going to have to beat the Chiefs at least one time this season to convince that fan base. Yeah, and usually when we play Denver, even though we've beaten them, you know, they haven't beaten us in a while, they, they you tend to be close games and it's always some craziness at the end where Chiefs pull it out at the end. Um, I'm thinking of the fumble from Melvin Ingram and Nick Bowden running it all the way back. Even last year when we go up on them with a, a million points and then Patrick Mahomes just decides to, you know, bring him back into the game because he was bored. But so, uh, yeah, I, I expect, you know, maybe one of these games they slip up, maybe even the Chargers game. Uh, they might have slip slip up in between that. Um, I know they get a lot more rest going into the Chargers game because the the first Broncos game is a Thursday night game, so I can see that being you know they they have a little rest to play against the Chargers and have time to prepare. So that second Denver game could be a little tricky. And, and if Peyton, if Sean Payton wants to stake his claim in this division, he's going to have to get one of these games. Now. We all knew that we were going to go to Germany this season. Uh, we just didn't know who against. Well, we're going against the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. We were hoping that we get Tyreek Hill and Arrowhead returning, but nope, we're going to get him in Germany. Still should be a great game. Uh, we're going to be in Germany this year um, against the Dolphins. Hopefully Tua is healthy this season. Um, hopefully he doesn't have the same uh, concussion issues that he had last year. Um, this team is interesting because they did improve on defense. They got Jalen Ramsey. They got some guys on the defensive line. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I think everyone in Kansas City is a little disappointed. This is the game they chose that they were going to turn into the Germany game because I think the kind of uh, reaction Tyree Kill would have gotten at Arrowhead would have been interesting, mm -hmm. whether it would have been cheers because of what he did or whether it would have been booze because of the hole he's been talking himself into for the last year. But really, this I don't know. I wasn't too big of a fan of this. This just feels like a really competitive game that you'd rather have as a home game as opposed to, you know, flying these guys halfway around the world playing at an odd time but i will say it is going to be fun to wake up that morning you know have some breakfast burritos and sit down and flip this flip this game on <laughs> yeah most definitely um it's, it's definitely gonna uh, be interesting to see the chiefs out in germany um how all that shakes out um how that looks um last year tampa bay was there and it, it was a packed out crowd uh the, the crowd was actually pretty good um I don't look forward to waking up this early, so you know, because I'm in Vegas, so I gotta get up extra early to watch the game at six thirty. Oh man, that's <laughs> <Yes>. rough. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't look forward to that. But if I'm gonna wake up early, I'm gonna wake up early to watch the Chiefs. So yeah. <laughs> now after this, you know, of course, you know, because it's gonna be definitely some jet lag coming back from Germany. Um, they get the bye week in week ten. Uh, I like this bye week in the middle of the of the schedule. Definitely love it. Um, get these boys some rest to gear up for the next game. What are your thoughts on the bye week being at week 10? It's at the perfect time, the way the season is structured, right down the middle, and they're going to need it because, I mean, you're talking about that Monday night game against the Eagles. This mm. has the potential to be the most watched game the most competitive regular season game of this entire NFL season. And honestly, I assume it will probably be the highest attendance ever at a home, at a home a regular season home game at Arrowhead. I, I would think. Yeah, most definitely, you know, Monday night against the Eagles. Um, it's going to, so it's going to be the only game on. <laughs> so all eyes on this rematch. Uh, we'll see how the Eagles look this season because they have a first place schedule. They have, as far as strength of schedule compared to last year, they have the number one schedule as far as strength of schedule. So we're going to see how good these Eagles are. By this time, we will see if Jalen Hurts, if this second season in this off, you know, coming off of a MVP caliber type of season, can he duplicate what he did the season before? Are these guys going to be uh, Super Bowl contenders and perennial uh, contenders in the NFC? 
uh, we will see by this time. So this definitely will be another game with fireworks. And, you know, ESPN is going to be pumping the hype machine that week. The first take and <laughs> all the shows that come on that week, they're going to be pumping it up. So I expect, uh, yeah, they're going to highlight, you know, uh, the Kelsey brothers again and Donna uh, Kelsey again. So it's definitely New Heights is going to probably, you know, do a big show that week. So, yeah, I, I definitely expect something big that Monday. And uh, the attendance is going to be crazy for Monday Night Football. All right. So Thanksgiving weekend. We get the Raiders coming in, or we go we go to Las Vegas. He come here to Las Vegas, <laughs> which I plan on hopefully going to this game with one of my buddies who's a Raider fan. Um, he's hoping that the Raiders are bad this year. He wants them to take for Caleb Williams. <laughs> so um, I want so me and him are probably going to go to the game so I can watch him suffer through another Raiders loss to the Chiefs. How are you feeling about this matchup going into Week Twelve? I actually kind of like the Raiders draft. I thought they Mm -hmm. got a couple of decent prospects. But, like, I mean, at this point in the season, you don't even know what version of Jimmy G you're going to have in this offense that isn't, like, tailor-made for him in San Francisco. And I'm sure, you know, they're going to do similar concepts to what they ran in New England. He'll He'll do similar stuff to what he did there. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to use Devontae Smith better than they did last season with Derek Carr. But, you know, they're, I still, and the Raiders have not invested in their secondary in At the all. last five or six years. And it is consistently comes back to beat them, whether they don't have anyone that can cover Travis Kelsey or, you know, maybe Rasheed Rice. This turns into the big coming out party for him. Right. Yeah, I was really surprised, you know, when when the Raiders drafted, I was thinking that they was going to get one of those corners and Donovan Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez. And when they, you know, went for Tyree Wilson, I was like, okay, you know, I get it. You're boosting your defensive line because you don't know what you're going to get out of Chandler Jones. Um, He's in the back end of his career, so I get it. But I would think that you would want to booster up your secondary um, get, get at least one guy in there that's, you know, looks like he could cover at least Travis Kelsey, you know, especially with Travis Kelsey getting up there with age. You get a young guy with a little bit of speed and size, you can cover Travis Kelsey and make everybody else beat you. But <laughs> they went with the pass rush because I guess they figured rush, rush Patrick Mahomes and get him off. But we'll see. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> uh, the next game. It's actually pretty interesting uh, to me uh, because we get to see Jordan Love this season. Now, by this time, we'll know everything we need to know about Jordan Love. Um, is he a bust? Is he a, is he going to be a, a, a solid quarterback? Is he going to be a very good quarterback? Um, last year when he came in for Aaron Rodgers in a few games, he actually looked pretty decent. He actually looked pretty good. Now, of course, in the, when you switch a quarterback in the, in, the, in the middle of the game, teams don't tend to game plan for that guy. So, of course, if he's a competent quarterback, he should be able to move the ball down the field. So this season, teams are going to game plan for Jordan Love, and we're going to see how he is. So this Green Bay game is going to be interesting. We'll see by this time what Jordan Love is. Yeah, and actually I have a – friend of mine he's a big Packers fan he lives in Kansas City also we're thinking about going up there I okay. think it's Green Bay is one of those like you know it's just one of those places I feel like every football fan's got to get to so what better time than now maybe I would like to see Rodgers up there but here's the thing I'll say about Jordan Love real quick he does have a little bit of chemistry just from like practicing more with the young receiving core. The Packers last offseason, they did draft these three wide receivers, um, two main guys, obviously Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I would Mm -hmm. honestly not be surprised if those guys kind of turned some heads. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. think Jordan Love's going to ever turn into a superstar, but I think he can be much more than just like a complete bum or a bust also. I think Mm -hmm. he probably – can work his way into like that Kirk Cousins Garoppolo range to where mm-hmm. he's serviceable, he's good, but he'll just never be like he'll never be like Aaron Rodgers or like Mahomes. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. He, he's good enough, but maybe not get you over the hump. You know, yeah. he, he he keep the offense going, but you know, 
when prime time comes in the playoffs, he, you know, he, he throws that pick or, you know, <laughs> goes into a shell. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Now, of course, the next game, one of our, you know, I, I guess – I guess you can call them a rivalry because, you know, they beat us in the regular season a few times. But when the playoffs come around, we always got their number. But the Buffalo Bills uh, are coming to town. I want to, is this a Monday night football? Um, now, in my opinion, I think the Buffalo Bills take a step back if they don't change their philosophy on offense. If they don't go get them a running back, or use James Cook this season, and they continue to be Josh Allen-centric and throwing and running the football, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be the same thing, that they've always been very good, but they always, you know, come to play against the Chiefs, but it seems like when they go against other teams, they let them hang around, they let them do and it's always just Josh Allen-centric offense. And if they don't run the football, I think the Buffalo Bills will take a step back. What are your thoughts on this game? You know, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, they always show up against the Chiefs. I mean, mm. this honestly is like the longest the Chiefs are going to go without playing them in a while because, you know, they played them so early last season after the mm. divisional game. But, you know, I'm sure the Chiefs – the interesting thing here is the Chiefs are obviously going to want to win the game, right? But they need to be smart about it, getting late into the season here – it's one thing to go out and, you know, like how Cincinnati beat the Chiefs this last offseason, the regular season. When you start getting late in the season like this, you know, you kind of are – you've got a lot out there. Teams know what they kind of want to do to stop you. We mm-hmm. all know Andy Reid and the coaches hold some stuff back at times, and they do that because they anticipate matchups in the playoffs. You know, hopefully at this point the Chiefs are in control, but I can see this being a massive game for the number one seed. Mm-hmm. But – I also think the Chiefs are much better in the trenches across the board than Buffalo has better offensive line. And I think by this time, you'll really start to see this new kind of look defensive line starting to come together against a Buffalo mm-hmm. offensive line that I think has been pretty mediocre for a little bit now. Yeah, I agree. And um, we'll see if Von Miller can return to form, you know, coming off of ACL tear at 33, 34 years old. I mean, that's a lot of ass for a guy, you know, in his upper age. We're going to see if he still has that same birth. He, he showed it last year when he played us, and he was single. He was one of the reasons why Buffalo won that game against the Chiefs. Um, so we'll see. Once Von Miller went down last season, that defense was not the same for the Buffalo Bills. So if he's not at least close to anything we saw last year before he got hurt, I don't, I don't know about this pass rush uh, with the Buffalo Bills. Um, so next game, uh, it's a Monday night game. Oh, this is the Monday night game. So the other game was a 325 game. So Monday night against New England Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick. Um, I don't even know who, if Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback, but it's 10. We might be playing, uh, what's his name? Bailey Zappi. Uh, we might be playing him. Yeah. Or they might trade for a quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what Belichick's going to do, but I'm not really expecting uh, much for uh, the Patriots. The storylines, Juju's there. Um, the Patriots, you know, the defensively, they're always respectable. They always have a good running game. But I don't know if they're going to have enough firepower power to beat the Chiefs on this Monday night. What are your thoughts? You know, it is kind of interesting because, like, you know, they are so hard to beat in, you know, late in the season at Foxborough. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. even though their defensive run game is good, you just – I don't have a ton of optimism for how their season's going to go just based mm-hmm. on their quarterback and receiver situation and kind of, you know, their offense has just been so bad for the last yeah. couple of seasons. Even with Bill O'Brien coming over, you still feel like they're a few – they're a little bit away. Mm-hmm. Um, until they fix that quarterback situation in New England, and I just <laughs> I just don't see it with New England. Uh, unless they get a quarterback next year in the draft, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah. the, I just think that the Patriots are always going to be solid. You know what I'm saying? They'll always be middle of the pack because Bill Belichick is a great coach, and he's always going to get the best out of his unit. But I just – I don't see nothing. I think they finished fourth in their division this year, so – um, now on Christmas, they gave us a gift. 
and the Raiders. Now, this is a uh, noon game on Christmas Day, so it's an early game. So you get to open your presents with your family and you do all that good stuff and then turn on the TV and watch the Chiefs dismantle the Raiders. What better Christmas Day than that than to watch the Chiefs beat on the Raiders on Christmas Day? What are your thoughts on this game? Well, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Jimmy G plays any better in cold weather than Derek Carr did. Right, right. I don't – I'm not really anticipating that. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it'll, it'll be nice. I think they put this game here at this time slot for a reason. It's probably going to come out and be a big Chiefs roll to victory. Everyone go and enjoy your Christmas after the game kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Which gets us to the game that everybody's probably circling. And the NFL knew what they were doing when they scheduled this game. Week 17, they knew that they had to put it here. They didn't want to put it week 18 because by that time, you never know, Chiefs might have everything wrapped up. Hey, the Bengals might have everything wrapped up. We never know. But week 17, big matchup, rivalry, Bengals, Chiefs in Arrowhead, 325 game. You know CBS is not letting go of that game. On New Year's Eve, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I, I love that it is the New Year's Eve game just because they're going to be anticipating a lot of people in that crowd, and I think they're smart to do so. It's become the rivalry that we never haven't really seen the Chiefs be involved in. You know, obviously, you have the historic divisional rivalries. You know, the thing with the Bills is it's not really like two – it's like a rivalry, but it's like so back and forth. It's not mm. like – and there's a bit, there's been a lot of res- there's a lot of respect between those teams. With yeah. the Bengals, it was they won three in a row, and they were just like saying whatever they wanted until mm-hmm. they ran in for the AFC Championship game. And mm-hmm. I don't think they're they haven't handled themselves very well since then, and neither yeah. has the fan base. <laughs> but so it'll be it's going to be a long anticipated matchup. I think the thing with that is just if the Chiefs don't win, just relax because you might see them play each other in two weeks anyway. Yeah, um, you know this week is going to be crazy. Um, both fan bases, both fan bases are not fans of each other. <laughs> you see it every day on Twitter. Uh, uh, guys are going back and forth, Bengal fans and Chiefs fans. The spaces are always crazy when it comes this week, and I don't expect anything different. And I think Bengal fans are going to come out of Woodworths and they're going to have confidence, especially if their season is going well this that year or this year so i expect it to be a big game um definitely going to be fireworks that week so i'm anticipating that game for sure and then they end the season again always with a division rivalry it's always the chargers or the broncos so uh we end the season with the chargers i don't unless unless the chiefs are playing for a number one seed or you know anything like that or seeding or whatever i don't expect the starters to play in this game um, I, I expect this to be one of those games where they get rest. Maybe they play a half or something like that, but I don't expect it. But what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's really interesting that this is the last game of the regular season because even last year with the divisional round games, the last two years they've been against the Raiders and the Broncos, who are teams who haven't really been competing for much down the line. You know, there's every possibility the Chargers are in the hunt for the playoffs or in the playoffs or there's a fight for playoff seeding going on, or maybe even a fight for the AFC West. I mean, it's hard to tell now what it's going to be like in eight months, but I just have a feeling this is going to be more of a significant game than we think right now for how the playoff picture will shape up. Yeah, like I said, it could be a possibility. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs are playing for something in week 18, number one seed, or maybe even the number two seed. Um uh, so it, maybe even the division, maybe one of these teams finally show up in the division and we play it for the division and we ain't got it wrapped up by Thanksgiving like we did last year. So definitely should be a, it might be an interesting game week 18. Um, we're going through the schedule and seeing how everything should now. I know we haven't been through training camp and all that good stuff. But right now, if you were to call it who you feel is the biggest threat in the AFC to the Chiefs? Biggest threat in the AFC. I will probably go with the Bengals. I know that's kind of the cop-out pick just because of what they have in Burrow, Chase, 
and Higgins is unreplicable. You know, they it's not it's really hard to you know have that same level of talent. Like you said, you know, the Bills could end up being a team too. We all think they're going to take a step back. Maybe they take a step forward. Maybe. It's like you said, it's hard to tell. The Chargers will be right on the door, also. Yeah, yeah. Jags, all those guys. I think it could be the same teams as last year, all these young quarterbacks. Yeah, and then another team you gotta always give respect to is the Ravens. You know, they retooled yeah. their offensive core finally. They they paid Lamar Jackson his money and he's happy. So and then he's got a nice decent receiving core this year with Odell and Rashad Bateman and they drafted Zay Flowers. Um, so I expect them to be right there. And the AFC North is probably the best division in in the probably the NFL right now. And I expect those guys to beat on each other this year. Um, Ravens and Bengals, you know, with Lamar Jackson, it's always a game. Cleveland, you got to watch yeah. out see what Cleveland I, does. I, I think Cleveland, you know, with Deshaun Watson not having his off-the-field issues this year, he's got that behind him. He's got a full offseason to concentrate on getting chemistry with these guys. And I actually like their draft and their offseason moves this year. Cleveland could be a sneaky team. This I, year. Uh, <laughs> that is a team who I was like, man, you talk about going from not in the playoffs to maybe having a chance to compete to win their division. Those mm-hmm. guys had an excellent offseason. Yeah. They drafted well. They're really strong in the trenches. Their defense mm-hmm. has gotten a lot better yeah. over the course of time. Nick Chubbs, a- Nick Chubbs, the guy too. So yeah, yeah. you guys are Darius Smith on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a pass rush right there. You don't want to see it. <laughs> so I feel sorry for those guys in the AFC North. So I think they're gonna beat on each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if they all split. They all split yeah. the season and beat each other. So that's gonna be something to look out for. Um, but yeah, and even the Jets, you gotta, you know, the Jets, the Dolphins, you know. They're going to be in the mix, too. So this AFC is not going to be easy, man. It's going to definitely be a dogfight. I know a lot of people don't like doing this this early, but by looking at the schedule, where could you see the record for the Chiefs being this uh, season coming up? Let's see here. And we got 17 regular season games. I I keep keep wanting to say, like, uh, 12 and 4 still, stuff like that. Uh, I'll I'll go – you know, about 13 and four about what they did this year. I don't see okay. them dropping a ton of division games. You know, those primetime games against a lot of the other competitors, you know, those games will all turn into toss ups. So they'll probably, mm-hmm. I mean, between four and five, you know, I thought it was interesting. 2020, they come off of their Super Bowl. They only lose two games. And at right. one point, you know, that team off of the Super Bowl looked like that could be the best team they had up until the, the Super Bowl the following season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. You can see either – I think you see between, you know, like a four- and five-range loss team, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Well, all right, Caleb, man, I appreciate you coming back on the show, man, giving me your thoughts on the draft and the schedule, man. I definitely want to bring you back on when training camp starts and kicks off and, you know, we get to get some of these camp battle matchups and get your thoughts on that, man. So definitely bring you back on for sure. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you for coming on, and you have a good rest of your day, man. You as well. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, uh, go ahead and get it to the sponsor. If you look down at the bottom, you'll see the link to uh, our sponsor, Every Morning Quarterback. If you look down at the link, emqpodcast.com slash locker dash room. If you go there, you see the locker room access of all the uh, – podcasts that are on the every morning quarterback uh, umbrella uh they got a patriots one they got a 49er one they got a chargers one and they got us arrowhead chief podcast click on our banner you'll see all of our episodes from the past to the recent ones go ahead subscribe hit us up um and, and follow our channel and also follow their channel subscribe to their youtube channel every morning quarterback they talk about everything league-wide they also give you betting tips for the week so if you're in the betting and you want some picks for the nfl schedule they'll give you that they talk about college football too uh so go ahead hit them up shout out to anthony brandon connor and zach over at every morning quarterback doing their thing and whatever streaming platform you use you can go ahead and find us on all of those uh 
whatever you use your streaming platform as far as uh podcasts go we got spotify apple google stitcher breaker anchor whatever you use arrowhead cheap podcast is on there so go ahead and hit us up subscribe follow us and get all the episodes that you want to hear if you want to listen to us on audio instead of you know coming to youtube you want to hear our audio riding in the car working out you can get us hit us up on any of those streaming platforms and whatever social media platform that you use whether it's instagram twitter facebook or TikTok, you can find arrowhead cheap podcast on there follow us we'll follow you back like my boy uh clarence always says we're not hollywood we're fans just like you and hit us up give us feedback we will follow you back give us feedback whether it be in our dms whether it be you know just hitting us up and say hey man can you guys talk about this on the show this week um hit us up we will uh interact with you guys we want to give you guys the best chief content that you want to hear because there's various other podcasts that you could be listening to when it comes to chiefs content so we want to give you all the best chief content we want to give the people what they want for the most part, just come give us, you know, questions within reason. Don't be giving us no silly stuff. Make it pertaining to Chiefs or anything, you know, anything pertaining to the NFL. Um, hit us up and we will try to get your topics that you want to hear on the show. So uh hope you guys have a good week, good rest of your week, Chiefs Kingdom, and uh I'm out.